Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to Winter is Blooming, a Game of Thrones rewatch podcast by us, the Penny Bloom podcast. Today, we have arrived at another season finale. This one, season four, season four, episode 10, titled The Children. It was written by D&D, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, directed by Kansas City born and bred Alex Graves. Love love an old reliable. I'm Colton Robertson. I'm joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. And what a conclusion to what is probably the best season of this show. I mean, this is un- ungodly, this episode was, and this season Ooh. as a whole. Just wrapped everything up in a pretty little bow, and then also let you wonder what's coming next season even more. I mean, it, they somehow mm-hmm. wrap everything up and have the story. And they smash it with a hammer. That's like, a- yep, all right. Uh, we got going north. We got people going east. We got people just all over the place. Everyone's going everywhere. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, this this one was a goodie. And I, uh, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. We're already done with season four, though. That this is uh, that we're. Past the halfway season point now. Right. Um, yes. Yes, this. we are. Um, already past the halfway episode mark, but I don't know. It's been going by, going by quickly here. Rather, and... rather fast here, and uh, we've only got five, six, seven, and eight left. Four mm-hmm. more seasons to go. Four seasons down. And if you're with me, I say we kick off this episode breakdown. Let's do it. Oh yeah. All right, so we're going to start at the wall, where Jon Snow is emerging from the outer gate of the wall and begins trudging north through the aftermath of the previous night's battle towards Mance Raider's camp. And uh, I love the way he, he eventually reaches the tree line, and he just, like, raises his hands. He's like, yep, I get it. I get it, but I got I got shit to say. I got shit to do. Okay? Yeah, he uh, he they, does not care. I mean, nope. you were right about that switch that was flipped like, in him. He was, man, just walking past all the dead giants, everything. He's just like, all right, fuck it. I, I know. Mm-hmm. I know I'm about to walk into the largest army. I don't give a fuck. He just walked straight to Mance. Uh, yeah. yeah. But they brought him right before Mance, and Mance is like, huh? So you're wearing Night's Watch stuff again? What the fuck is up with that, homie? I trusted you. And, uh, yeah, he brings John inside his tent and questions his status as a traitor. And John's like, "Yeah, yeah, I, it was it was all part of a it was all part of my master plan." Uh, Corin wanted me to kill him so that you would uh, trust me and I could infiltrate your army. And uh, <laughs> saddened, you know, Mance is like, "How about Egret? Did you see her?" He's like, "Yep." And he's like, uh, "She died." Mance mm-hmm. goes, you're doing? He goes, no. Nope, a fucking... And they, 
worst kid alive named Oliver. Fucking Ollie. What if, I don't know, that would have been funny. He dropped it. He's like, no, some douche kid named Oliver killed her. I don't know. Fucking like, Ollie, yeah. dude. <laughs> but I'm going to hang him here. I'm going to hang him here in a couple seasons. Don't worry about it, Mance. It'll be all good. That's uh, true. That's true. <laughs> but man, I don't know. Mance is, I don't know. He's, he's a real one. You know? He is, like, man. I love me some Mance. And arguably the largest influence on John throughout the show, undoubtedly. Mm. And this is the the episode where that really, really show like shows and shines. Mm. Uh but yeah, him being like, then we'll drink to her. And they, they propose a toast and drink to her memory. Uh and they they pour they pour something for John and he's like, uh he's like, Oh, believe me, <laughs> if I was gonna kill you, poison is not the way I'd do it. Yeah, the this was it was really funny just because uh, I mean a show that I really don't care about and I don't think really anyone cares about. So if it's spoilers, I don't think anyone cares. But it's Secret Invasion, and there was just I won't say who it was, but there were two people sitting down and they had the same exact little run through. Like they were just oh, drinking yeah. some, some bourbon or some whiskey or something like that, and they're like, "Really? You really think I'm going to kill you with poison for real?" Yeah. And then it, and then it ended up being like nanobots that are tracking the person that was in there so it's like uh, and or whatever but like uh no it it was just really weird that i watched like that episode right before this one and i'm like okay what's what the fuck's going on here yeah wait what's in my fucking drink and maybe mance has some nanobots or something in there that's tracking Jon snow across westeros from now on but uh right no I, i don't i don't think they got it like that back in whatever year we're in um 301 ac ah yes obviously (laughs) yes Um, naturally uh after conquering yeah 301 years after Aegon's conquer conquest okay Okay. yeah i I, I dig that Um, yeah but uh john's like all right fine he accepts after mance's assurance that that's poisoned and they drink to egret and then mance asks about the giant who got through the gate but never came out John's like, yep, yep, he died. Killed my friend Gren. My friend Gren killed him. Really interesting that they sent the king of the giants, the last of this bloodline, for their test to see if they could get through the wall. You know, maybe they just thought no chance they kill a giant. Yeah, I I think it was, I think it's hubris. I think it's probably a little bit of just like Mag the Mighty, you know, if he's not going to send one of his men in, he's going to do it himself, you know? That's fair. I like it more that way, actually. Yeah, he's just like, no one else is going to do it for me. I wonder who was next to him, who was with him yeah, that right. died. Yeah, out, who was rolling with him. They killed two dragons, or dragons. They killed two giants there. Might as well be dragons. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the he's like, yeah, that was Mag, Mag the Mighty. He was uh, king mm-hmm. of the giants, last of his bloodline. So stretched back a thousand years before the first men had even come to Westeros. And John's like, yep, yeah. Gren was a farmer. Yep, we fucking killed him. Farmer killed him. Your big ass giant. Who cares? We killed him. Yeah, yeah I like. He just like brushed it off. He's like, friends from a farm. Mm. And I think it's more like he's just like, Doesn't you know, him. you losing Mag means as much to me as Gren. Like, like I know that means as much to you as me losing Gren meant to me. So like, you know, doesn't matter what their title was. Yeah, it and was, they, they're like to Mag and Gren. I was Gren. like hard. Yeah, like Mag and Mag and Grin, Grin and Mag. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Like I like I wonder whenever there was war back in the day, like if if like the commanders really met and talked like talked about it like this, you know, like at times, or if it was just like ah, we'll 
we'll just keep throwing troops at each other and then we'll talk when it's over or something. But like, I I don't know why this always like. I I like the idea that like middle of a war, just the two people that are leading can be like, yeah, yeah you know, you you killed like so many of my dudes, like uh, and 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 like I don't know, just it's what a weird conversation. Just to the have. mutual respect that they yeah. clearly have for one another, which is really fascinating, considering like uh, like Mance probably shouldn't respect John in no. theory. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but. I think it's the fact that he sees John's true nature almost and is mm-hmm. like, Hey, you're still just lying to yourself, homie. You belong up here and I get what you're doing, but you're honorable and I respect that. But this ain't what you're supposed to be doing, dog. I see it in you. Uh, but yeah. John then proposes his terms to Mance, turn his army around and return home. <laughs> and that's all. He's like, just go home, man. Let's yeah. stop this now. Will you just stop. Like, I don't know, just, yeah, please, that'd be nice, (laughs) just didn't attack us anymore. Uh, How would you feel about that, you down? Uh, But Mance immediately counters that the uh, Night's Watch is low on oil, arrows, and men. Mm -hmm. And when he sent his full force against the wall, the Night's Watch threw everything they had at him to repel the attack. Mm -hmm. And Mance guesses there are no more than 50 men left, Uh, but... John's like, no, there's still a thousand men. Yep, we still got it like that. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Uh, however, Mance is like, that's just not true. Uh, there's just no fucking shot. You know, he sent 400 men about five miles west to climb an unmanned yeah. section of the wall. Exactly what I said. I'm like, I'm yeah. like, why, why climb right away? Well, they didn't know the scythe was there, but like, you know, right. why, why climb like head on? Why not just go? Climb up, just do it like the the other group. Everybody occupied. They've got a contingent, which four hundred men is enough to defeat Castle Black. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like that's. Oh yeah. What was that? The group of wildlings. Like how many do you think there there were there? Like. Well, he said he sent their full force at them. uh, But I mean, the the group of wildlings that was already past the wall with the oh oh, god gotta guess maybe 50 like it wasn't anything crazy yeah and i'm going 50 is like a high high like that's so yeah 400 that would that would do it do it Um, yeah that would to be sure but um yeah, they're, they're like, yeah, we know for a fact that you ain't got it like that. And Mance then changes his demeanor and reveals that his people have suffered enough bloodshed and that he has no intention of conquering the land south of the wall, that the wildlings are moving south to seek refuge from the growing threat of the White Walkers, just as those south of the wall are. Mm-hmm. And Mance then makes his counteroffer. If the Night's Watch will open the gates to the wildlings and allow them to pass through the wall, no more harm will come to them. However, if these terms are refused, the wildlings will slaughter every last member of the Night's Watch and move south anyway. And Mance then notices that John has been eyeing a knife and quickly is like, man, so this is what you're here for. Like, okay. really, dude? Damn. Yeah. He's right, like, whatever. damn, man, I thought we were having a nice yeah. conversation. He looks yeah. around his personal guards. He's like, you could do it. You know, you could. You could kill me right now. They'd kill you immediately. You know that, right? And he's like, yeah, I know that. (laughs) Why do you think I fucking came here? I'm on a suicide mission, homie. I know exactly what this is. Uh, (laughs) Mance is uh, 
I don't know, just the little details. Like, they'd kill you slow, you know. I mean, they, they'd yeah. for sure kill you, but, like, they'd make it last, and it'd be pretty painful. I hope you know mm-hmm. that. And John's like, yeah, I don't. And, and I don't Manson's like, but you did know that. He's mm-hmm. like, he's like, so that that shows your determination, dude. Like, I I know you know that's what they're capable of. So if this mm-hmm. is what you're going to do, fucking do it, dog. Like, I don't care, you know. <laughs> but Manson's shocked and questions John if this is what the Night's Watch has sunk to. Killing a man who led him into his tent and offered him peace terms. Mm. Man's had a couple lines here that actually could have been the lines for the episode. Oh yeah. This whole scene, like this episode is fucking stacked front to back, dude. Like, uh, everywhere you go. I was immediately like, Oh my God, this scene is so fucking good because then this, obviously this immediately calls to what happened at the red wedding. Naturally with him being like, so is that what you would do? You'd kill a man who let you into his home, toasted with you, and offered you peace terms. And John's like, ah, ah fuck. You know, he's like, he's like, I know what I came here yeah. to do, but goddamn, does this suck. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but luckily, regardless of any decision that was made thereafter, he's saved by the bell, or rather, the horn. And uh, Mance's guards safely grab John during the distraction, and Mance demands to know if the Night's Watch is attacking them. John's like, yo, 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 I, I, I was lying. You were right. We only have 50 dudes. We ain't got the numbers for that. Uh, and, uh, columns. I don't know. Just, I was even on this watch, like you told me before that Stannis's army was the one who came and, and like saved all of them. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, what? I, I don't know. Like it, it's it just such a feel jump. weird. Uh, yeah. The jump that he took from going to Bravos and then, yeah. and then he's just, there's, I guess like uh, there's some time stuff getting played yeah. with here, you know, like they're, I think they're kind of disregarding pretty much everything. Um, I guess it makes it more of a surprise. You know, if, if we saw Stannis like just going North or sailing North and then we saw him in some snow or oh, stuff yeah, like absolutely. that, we'd be like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess it's well, and that's, that's one of those things that, uh, people have complaints about in later seasons that I've never, I've never given a shit. I've never given a shit about, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, in fact, if there's going to be a time when you do have an issue with it, it would probably be like this, because in the later seasons, we don't have as many episodes. We're just going to jump place to place and kind of instead mm-hmm. of like what we do with Arya and the Hound, where we spend time on the road yeah. exploring like you didn't have time to do that with Stannis here. You know, you like you, you just got to you just got to get there, you know, um, and there's also the fact that his storyline has been spread out enough that it could literally be happening at any time. You know, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be happening linear with the rest of the story. You know, like, it could it could have all yeah. been front-loaded, and then they spent a ton of time traveling at the throughout the season. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I that's, if, why, like that's why I've never minded playing with time with mm. when it comes to shows. It's like, if it works for the story, it works better, and I think this is one yeah. of those examples. I wonder but, if, uh, like, that was the plan that they told the iron bank and everything that like, well, there's a King beyond the wall. I'm the King here. Rightfully I'll go and I'll take his army and then I'll have, I mean, his army, Stannis's army was pretty large, pretty like, substantial and still got fucking beautifully photographed here. Oh, um, man. yeah, the shots yeah, of that, them, yeah. the columns of horse, horse mounted cavalry mm. surrounding the wildling army was fucking gorgeous, dude. Uh, yeah, I absolutely yeah. loved the visuals there. 
Yeah, not just from one side. You know, yeah, you had that, and you thought it was over. You're like, you you see them all coming from one side, and you're like, oh, damn, Stannis actually got a lot behind him. And then they go up in that aerial view, and it's like, oh, shit, okay, okay, Stan. Like, that Battle of Blackwater, I mean, it hurt him, hurt his numbers, but, man, he's, he's like, I don't know. I didn't really ever think of him as a a contender, like, seriously, like, on any rewatch that I've had. Like, I'm always been like, yeah, Stannis is there. He's just kind of. Hanging out, like doing his own thing, and for a while, like, dude, you know. And that's the thing is that, like, it always, it always felt so, f- in like for nothing, you know, <laughs> like, uh, because you knew they're not gonna make Stannis the king, man. That's just not gonna happen. He might have, he might have every advantage on his side at many points. But dude's just not like that. And that's that's something that's interesting that they did with that character where he has the advantage at so many different points. Mm. But he just cannot do it. Like he he, nope. he doesn't have it in he does not have that dog in him. Uh, he's no. not like that. He is not him. Uh not him indeed. Yeah, no, not he him one bit. Doesn't get but, there. But. Yeah, the wildlings are caught in their own camp, resting from the battle the night before and only expecting attacks from the wall. So their eastern flank is completely undefended, and as they are undisciplined and have no experience fighting heavily armed cavalry, they are quickly dispatched by Stannis's riders, who attack the wildling camp from both sides in two separate columns that catch the wildlings in a perfect pincer movement. Hmm. Uh, quickly, yeah, yeah, little uh, tenant stuff there for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but quickly cutting the wildling forces down, Stannis and Davos ride up to Mance, who throws down his weapons in surrender, officially ending the wildling siege of Castle Black. Davos introduces Stannis. He's like, check this shit out. This is the king of the seven kingdoms. What's up, homie? Uh, but Mance is like, yeah, nah, we're not in the seven kingdoms, man. And Stannis is like, you kneel. And Mance is like, yeah, we don't do that shit. That's not something we do. Uh, we do not kneel. And, you know, we saw that we saw flashes of that earlier whenever John knelt before Tormund and he was like, get the fuck up. What the fuck is wrong with <laughs> you, dude? Uh, but yeah. to hear it so plainly, this is when John's like, oh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, I, I like that idea. That's kind of dope. The uh, almost another line from me whenever he was, you know, we do not kneel. And then I think Davos went on to be like, well, you know, you. Probably should, or it's customary to kneel in front of a king, you know, or maybe it was even Stannis that was like, nah, it's pretty customary and you should do it or else all your men are going to, you know, die. I don't want to slaughter him like dogs. So yeah. rest on your shoulders. And he goes, still all the same. We don't yeah, he's like, and I was like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah, Mance is, I don't know. Mance he's is like that, dude. I love, I love that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mance says that, you know, they don't kneel and Davos is like, okay, well, uh, fuck are you doing here, man? He looks at John. He's like. This doesn't make a lot of sense. What's uh, what's going on here? Sounds like, well, I came to treaty with the king beyond the wall. And it's hilarious thinking about how this must sound to, like, a person who's vying for, like, the throne of the Seven Kingdoms. Who's, like, uh, you know, like, they have their own little problem up here that he knows absolutely nothing about. He's like, yeah, you know, I came to treat with them. We've been having a war the last couple of days. Um, yeah. <laughs> just and, kind of uh... explaining it like that. Yeah, he's like, well, you know, I, I don't know, because at first he's like, you know, I, who he says who his dad was, you know, Ned Stark was my father, yeah. and, and then Stannis was like, ah, okay, 
uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you, you know, cause I feel like everywhere Stannis has gone, he's just been disrespected. Like totally, like he went mm-hmm. to the iron bank and they just didn't give a fuck that he was Stannis. Well, and they're like, well, we don't really care. And that's one thing um, that John, like John being so removed from everything, he only hears important bits and pieces. So he heard Ned supported Stannis and that's why mm-hmm. he died. So he's like, yeah. oh, if my dad supported Stannis and that must be the right thing to do, you know? So, you know, he reveals himself to be the bastard son of Ned Stark, and Stannis is like, "Ah, oh, okay, okay, you're kind of dope." Ned was dope. Uh, mm-hmm. He's like, "What do you think Ned would have done with Mance?" And uh, John says that Mance could have killed him. He could have tortured him when he was a captive here, but instead he spared his life. And John tells Stannis that his father would have taken Mance prisoner and listened to what he had to say. Mm-hmm. And Stannis is like, "Dope, yeah, we can do that. That's cool." Uh, this is the most like chill Stannis has ever been which is also kind of mm-hmm. funny uh he's just like yeah sure man that's cool let's take him come on buddy uh like it is just really because he had no clue what was going on here and he's like yeah. well bastard son of ned stark ned was he's, he's also like the king probably, beyond the like, wall like you ain't shit dog you know like he, he's not worried about the wildlings he's like I, i've yeah. got it like that look at what we just did to you like for, forget about it it's fine uh but before they leave hard the wall, line yeah right here like Oh, I don't know. The kid, ben like, Martin. Kid Harrington is, he's really coming into his own here. Like, I, I don't know. He, like, yeah. And if my father were here, he would tell you, you know, burn the dead. All of them. You know, yeah. like, just, and the Stannis is like, oh, okay. I don't know why, but, okay. <laughs> like, is that just your custom up here? Or like, you know, I, like, I don't know. Stannis, he doesn't have, like, any real clue of that people can come back, right? Like, yeah. I mean, no, I don't think so. Maybe, yeah. I, I would imagine Melisandre might be able to tell him that that's the case. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you, mm. And I think that he would be more inclined to believe shit like that because of what Melisandre has done for him. Mm. You know, kind of having witnessed some crazy shit. Uh, oh, yeah, I guess I didn't even think about that. Maybe he was like, oh, Burnham? Mel Sonda's really into that. Mel, she'll probably like yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we can do that. That's dope. We, do that. we like, love, we love Burnham all, shit. And yeah, not at all thinking of like, oh, they'll come back as, as zombies and try to kill us if we don't. You know, it was just like, yeah, oh, Burn the Dead? Oh, cool. Mel Sonda's all into that shit. So we'll, yeah. we'll do that. Yeah. But, but I don't know. It could have been a nice little detail that John could have thrown in there. Like, hey, burn the dead or they'll come back. You know? Yeah. Or I, they I would love, come back I, love, I would have loved to see like Stannis's like reaction to that. Be like, Excuse me, what did you? you know, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. you I'm sorry. Like, sorry. Them or like, you mean spiritually or like, you know, they'll haunt us or like, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 they're no, like, no. They're just zombies. Yeah, That's, they will come back and try to eat you. They will um, reanimate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah. Back to Castle Black, a funeral is held for all the slain members of the Night's Watch who have arranged in a huge funeral pyre in the castle courtyard. Got mm-hmm. to imagine this smells just god awful. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. Maester I mean, Aemon delivers a eulogy, saying that mm-hmm. they died to protect the men, women, and children south of the Wall who will never know who they were, but that it is the duty of the surviving Black Brothers to keep alive their memory. Aemon closes his speech with the customary line, and now their watch is ended, which is repeated mm-hmm. by the gathered men. And Samuel then aids Aemon in setting the pyre alight, which is continued by John and other men carrying torches, looking down on Gran, looking down on Pip, and just all sorts of sad. Uh, but yeah. Stannis and Davos look on, along with Queen Selyse and Princess Shireen, and John looks across the flames and mm-hmm. catches the gaze of Melisandre, who is Thought standing was- on the opposite. 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. just a, a pretty like unexpected, you know, I'm just like, all no, right, yeah. Right. Know, like when that happened, I was like, Oh, like, Oh, okay. Oh, is like this that. like, is this whenever she sees him and she's like, Oh fuck. She's well, like, and she's looking at him through fire. Yeah. And she's you like, know, she's so like, it's like, Oh shit. I thought it was like, Stannis this whole oh, time. No. Oh no. I've, I've she's been like, so oh, wrong. Fuck. Yeah, she's like, now it's clear. Like you're right in front of me, dog. Like, yeah, like it's not Stannis at all. Yeah. yeah Oh shit! Uh, How can I send this now to Stannis? How? What can I say to him to make him, you know? I, like it's gonna be hard, a hard combo to have. Yeah, uh, I think it's kind of like the first inkling of it, and then she like brings him back to life and is like, "Okay, then yeah, okay, yeah. then yeah, it's you. Like you are, you're you're that guy." Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I loved I loved that little moment. I thought it was really really like I, mm. very very powerful, even even if it was brief. But Melisandre seems mm-hmm. intrigued. As uh, her piercing stare clearly makes John a tad, uh, like, haven't had a redheaded woman look at me like that in a little bit. I didn't think about it like that. God damn it. Yeah, it, man. Yeah, he's probably just like, oh, who are you? And you're like, that's all a pretty ominous stare through the fire as I'm burning yeah. my dead friends, you know, right now. He's like, he's got a whole lot of emotions flowing right now. Um, yeah. But- <laughs> She's just looking at him and he's like, I got a lot going on, lady. Can you uh get the fuck off my dick? Not real quick? right now, please. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, all right. But I don't know the theme that came in there, like Melisandre's oh. theme, and like, oh, dude, Ramin. Like, that's one thing about Stannis and and Melisandre. Like, yeah. Stannis has a pretty good. Theme. Yeah, Ramin like, Juwadi got it down for them, man. Mm. The the composer was on one for them. But uh, afterwards, we got another of what might have been my favorite scene if this episode wasn't so fucking packed. Where John enters oh. the chambers of the castle where Tormund is being held. Man. Tormund asks why blind old Maester Aemon patched up his arrow wounds, and John says that Aemon is sworn to heal all wounded men, friend or foe. And Tormund asks if John really loved Egret, and he tells him that Egret truly loved him. And he's like, uh, Did she tell you that? And he goes, No, all she ever did was talk about killing you, so that's how I know. Um, and Saddened Tormund implores John that Egret's final resting place should be in the north. The mm-hmm. real north. Yeah. And John then takes Egret's body to the north side of the wall, builds a little funeral pyre for her near a sacred heart tree. And John looks at his lover one last time and lights her pyre while he cries and turns his back and heads home. I was like, Kit Harrington, bruh, you on one now, bruh. You kill yep. it now, bro. <laughs> yep. He's coming to his own, dude. Mm-hmm. This yeah, dude's j- killing it. From this point on, it's the John show. Like Yo, it is, it is Jon Snow. Yeah, that's that's who I care about. That's like every. I mean, all the other storylines are great and fantastic. I love them, no, of course. But it's like I just want to get back to what John is doing. Um, Craig dipped on us for a second. Yeah. It, he, yeah, I mean, he's. Kind of taken back by John too. It seemed probably he's like eh, he's like damn. I, I got to think about John right quick. Yeah, it, yeah, he had to had to think. But I don't know. But that was beautiful. Like just the seeing like the aerial shot too of like it slowly like rising up. Like seeing yeah. Egret just lay there, like you know, just and then and then just the fire start and he's slowly walking away. I'm just like, oh my god, this show's so good. Like I thought, I really thought he was gonna take her to the cave. At first, oh. you know, like on, probably on, on like first watch, I'm like, oh, they're going to the cave. And then he's like burying her there. And I'm like, ah, it's probably just like way too far. Like, that's just like, that's a long trip. You know, I don't know. But, uh, I guess, I don't know this, this heart tree. I don't know where, uh, 
Have we like seen it before? Like the in North true of the North. Uh, yeah. I think it's I think it's near where he took his vows. As ah, my like okay. it's, it's right that's about true. there. That's there was one there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. I like that. But uh, yeah, then we'll head even further north beyond the wall, mm. and uh, Bran Stark and the Reed children, Mira and Jojen, continue their journey to find the Three Eyed Raven. And though they are on the brink of exhaustion, Jojen Reed has a grown has grown sick. And he is barely able to stand, eventually collapsing into the snow. And as Mira begs Jojen to gather what little strength he can muster to continue forward, Bran calls out to them, revealing that they have found the tree that has been seen in visions. And as they approach the tree, whites burst up from the ground, grabbing Jojen's ankles and attempting to drag him under the ice. And mm-hmm. these whites appear uh, far older than those seen near the wall. They've... uh have some sort of ghastly skeletal structure uh, with surprising agility, these bad yeah. boys. Uh, they can move. Oh, yeah. Mira attempts to defend Jojen from the whites, but they begin to swarm over Hodor, who is too scared to fight back. But Bran's like, I got this, buddy. Don't you worry. I'm just going to hijack your body real quick. Yep. Uh, and begins fighting off whites with the aid of his direwolf summer. But more whites keep bursting through the ice. And they are quickly overwhelmed. And I feel like this is kind of the first time we see what the whites are like capable of. We've only seen them really just kind of walk around before this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but now, I mean, it's just, they're already dead. So they're just throwing everything they got. Like, it's it's, mm-hmm. it's just like all out. There's just no like, endurance. There's yeah, nothing they have to, oh. they don't have to slow down to take a breath. They don't have to sleep. They don't have to eat. They just mm-hmm. fucking go. You know, yeah. uh, you know. I never thought about it until now. Whenever Bran wargs into Hodor, does Hodor's mind just kind of like go to sleep, and he just doesn't know what's happening? Does he just like black out, and then he wakes back I'm up? Pretty and sure. He's like, or like, or is like Hodor trapped? Like he knows what's going on, but can't control his actions. Either that, yeah. Maybe he's trapped, and he he knows that he can't do anything, or like his brain just goes into like another thing for the meantime. Uh, you know, like I don't know. Maybe he just becomes like a a raven or like a yeah, uh, right. you know or something else i don't know during the meantime like it all has to go somewhere that's no, i mean they, they never I've explain that assume but... that he just kind of goes to sleep yeah like he just kinda wakes up and is like oh fuck yeah because because he does uh, like i guess he, like after he kills he the guys at, at crasser yeah. he was like hodor you know like that oh so <laughs> the fuck but uh yeah but mm. uh yeah just as all seems lost the whites around brand suddenly burst into fireballs and he hears a young voice, a young girl's voice calling to him from a cave interest at the base of the heart tree. And amidst the confusion, Jojen is repeatedly stabbed by a white uh, before Mira can fight it off. And the mysterious girl calls to Mira and says that Jojen is lost and that she must leave him if she wants to live. And Mira's like, well, I don't know about that. Maybe I'll just die too real quick. That'd be cool. Uh, but Jojen's like, go, go. Uh, and crying, Mira holds her brother for a moment before slitting his throat to give him the mercy of a quick death. Is that the quickest and, way to go there? You know? Like, uh, not to the heart? Like, that's what yeah. we learned from from the Hound and Arya, you know? that That's how you kill a man, is uh, right to the heart. I guess, you know, position they're in, you know, that's just kind of what you gotta yeah. do. But I don't know. I I guess he was already kind of choking on his own blood. He yeah, just, it's like, no. go ahead and wrap like, this yeah, up. It's, it's like, ah, oh. oh, damn. I just, I don't know. I... Yeah, obviously, I don't know what happens when that happens. You know, uh, how how long are you in there? 
You know, how long, how long are you still up there while that's happening down there? I guess you got a fireball uh, chucked at him right afterwards. So yeah. it was all pretty, I wish that was just what happened at first. You know, that would have been pretty instant. Cause that's like a, that's not just a fireball. That's like a magic, magic fire, grenade, something. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I wonder if that was his, like little hand on fire sort of thing. And like, that's like mm-hmm. how he knew almost, it yeah, probably magic. almost certainly. Uh, yeah, they go ahead and, Immolate his corpse real quick, preventing his mm-hmm. return as a white and R.I.P. Jojen. You were quite the real one. Yeah, uh, got Brand to where he needed to go. Little Peter and, Pan uh, ass motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Peter yeah. Pan vibes. He does. You're right. Did he actually play Peter Pan or something, or he just kind of looks? I'm, I'm almost certain he had to have in something because he he looks just like Peter Pan. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's kind of uncanny. If he didn't play Peter Pan, then someone's been horribly miscast. Let's see. He, the Maze Runner. He's in the Maze Runner series. Queen's okay. Gambit. Pretty um, sure he's in the Last Jedi. Oh. Okay. Let's see. Random First yeah. Order officer. Force Awakens. He's a First Order officer. Um, Phineas and Ferb. Um, Naturally. In, in there. Um, wow. Yeah. Doesn't look like any Peter Pan. Doctor Who. That, yeah. Wow. Yeah, they're they're slipping. Um, oh, yeah. Next next Peter Pan ought to be this guy. Uh wow. because he's just got those he's just got those vibes. Yeah. But uh they run into the cave pursued by whites who instantly shatter mm. upon crossing the threshold. And the little girl explains that the power which animates the dead corpses is powerless inside the cave. And Bran's like, I don't need to learn any more about that. Who are you? Uh <laughs> Like, what the is going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first men called us the children, but we were born long before them. And this is part of where this episode gets its name. Um, mm-hmm. Bran realizes that she is one of the last surviving members of the children of the forest, the original non-human inhabitants of Westeros who carved the faces into weirwood trees and taught the first men to worship the old gods thousands of years ago. Yeah, that's so, some, I don't know. This is the point where the fantasy, yeah, the fantasy starts to really kind of yeah, kinda and kind of out of nowhere. You know, yeah. like I know we've been dealing with giants and dragons, but that's pretty surface level fantasy shit. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah, then uh, we get a magic fireball. Hey, come with me. This random like you're like that's not a human. Whatever is that the an heck, alien. You know, what I are you? What the heck that is? And then they just all the whites just explode. You know, running into this magical bear. You're like, what the fuck is going on? It's like, like yeah, it's. No, no, the dragons and giants really, that's just like, all right, well, they're there. You know, you see them, and that's just how they are. But this was like, okay, there's some. Come with me, you know, and you're like, what the fuck is that thing? Uh, I'd be like, I don't think I want to go with her. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I'd rather go the other direction from the whites, though, with skeletons (laughs) with swords. Yeah, no doubt. This is definitely their best option. Uh, But uh, the child leads them deeper into the cave, which is overgrown with white weirwood roots from the Mm -hmm. massive tree above. and. Other children in the forest peek out around corners as they advance. And finally, they arrive at a large central chamber, its floor littered with bones. And in the middle of the cave is an old man seated in the middle of the roots, which seem to have grown around him as he hasn't moved in eh, centuries, decades. Give or, take, yeah, give or take a couple thousand years or so. I don't know. Um, this dude just, I don't know. I'm wondering... Like, if, if he ages normally, if he just has a normal human lifespan, 
You know, yeah, I'm. If, I'm so. I, I've always been so curious about this. Um, for the roots to have grown around him, mm-hmm. feels like it had to have been a while. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Uh, no, or it's like that's just the throne. You know that like like whoever the first Thread Raven was there. He's like, yeah, I'll 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 pick this uh heart tree. And and I'll just I'll make my throne under it, and then now it's just this constant loop of whenever the three-eyed raven's too old, you force someone to come up and, and make that trip north, and then it's a young person, and they're the new three-eyed raven, and there you go. Yeah. I don't know, um, but yeah, it's I don't know. There's a lot of theories that this is Bran, you know, yeah. that this is just a constant loop of of Bran over and over and over. Um, so maybe it's not even like a like a physical thing it's just like consciousness you know it's yeah. just like is is that that's the loop that's going on but yeah we, i don't know they really never go too far into that no, i don't think they never do and which i i kind of I, I kind of appreciate that we've talked about that on numerous occasions mm-hmm. where if you get bogged down in the details you can more mm-hmm. easily poke holes and stuff when you start explaining stuff because stuff is going to slip through the cracks it's just a guarantee so like fuck it this guy just sits in the middle of a tree yeah uh, and he can see things. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, Hodor goes ahead and puts Bran on the ground. And Bran does his little army crawl towards the old man. And he asks him if uh, if he's the three-eyed raven who he'd seen in his visions. And the old no, man, I'm just a random old dude. Yeah, you came all like, this way. I have no idea who the fuck you are, man. This I'm just is a big Jim. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what you're talking like, about. My name's just Jim. Jim. Like, yeah, that like, would have been pretty good. But Name's, name's Fred. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, he uh, he's like, yeah, that's me. That's me. I'm the Three-Eyed Raven. Uh, I've taken several forms in the past, but this is my true form. You see me now. And Mira's like, uh, yo, my, my brother just died so we could reach you. Uh, and the Three-Eyed Raven's like, well, yeah, Jojen. I know. Always yeah. knew that he would die. Mm-hmm. Helping Bran arrive here. He knew this was going to happen, but he came nonetheless. Your brother's a hero. He's dope. Uh and they're like, how did you know that? And he's like, oh, I've, I've just been watching you for your whole life, actually. Yeah, no big deal. Um, all of I can you. see everything yeah. with a thousand eyes and one. Yeah. My uh, my uh, my thought is that, like, he's in the roots for that reason. And, like, that, like, I don't know. In, in real life, like, fungus gets attached to roots and they can send signals, like, all around, like, for miles and miles and miles just being tapped into, like, tree roots. And that's, like... My headcanon is that he's just, like, in these roots, and then, like, so that he can just, that's how he sees everything, is that it's just Mm. spread all underground. He can just pop up wherever. Um, Right. Well, I like the idea that that's why the trees have faces on them. Like, the the idea that the, the, like, trees are connected by their roots underground everywhere. Like, Mm -hmm. this is, like, the central hub where all weirwood trees with the faces kind of converge. He can looks see like it, through yeah. all the trees, mm-hmm. you know, like that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah. he continues by stating that Jojen died so that Bran could come here and regain what he has lost. Bran's mm-hmm. like, yo, am I going to be able to walk again? He's like, <laughs> no, 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 sorry. That was bad phrasing. Shouldn't yeah. have said that. Uh, He'll never walk again. Um, <laughs> but you yeah. will fly. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, we conclude that. Uh, he's like, yo, I'm going to fly dope. Uh, okay, sure. Um, I don't know. I love how there's. I'd have been like, "You mean that literally, sir? Am I going to be yeah. able to fly?" Uh, and he'd have been like, "Oh no, 
Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> like, oh no, wrong again. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I I not you. Choice words. You can uh, go just go into a bird and fly, or into a <laughs> dragon and fly if you want. You know, uh, more metaphorically, flying Bran. Um, I don't know. It, it reminds me of like the Giver. Uh, that story yeah. of like you know just old man who knows everything way more than anyone else, and then it's like, yeah, you're you're the next one that that's gonna pass down all this knowledge to. But but as of right now, you're basically one of everyone else who knows. Nothing. Um, he knows nothing, Bran Stark. He knew nothing, um, John Stark. But yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, I don't know. I I love that storyline though. Like anything, just north of the wall. I'm like, I'm all for. Like if it's it, if it's cool north yeah. of the wall, man. Uh, and mm-hmm. I don't mean that just temperature wise. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. Nice. uh, next we're heading to Marine where uh, Queen Daenerys Targaryen sits her throne where she is receiving the day's supplicants. And this poor man, uh, Finez, approaches the throne, first speaking in High Valyrian, but then revealing he also knows the common tongue. Uh, Finez explains that he was not one of the slaves who toiled away a manual labor, but a well-educated teacher and a servant to Master Migdal, who employed him as a teacher for his own children. The children loved him, and he loved he loved the children. Uh, again, the children. Another t- title mm-hmm. of the episode. Uh, mm-hmm. And then another guy walks in holding his child, uh, the children. He tells Daenerys that uh, Master Migdal's seven-year-old daughter, Kala, admires Daenerys, having learned of the Targaryen dynasty through his own teachings. He's like, so, I, I, I love you, dog. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I just, I just, mm-hmm. just want to say... Uh, he says, as a servant of Master Migdal, he was treated well and even well-respected in the household. But when Daenerys forcibly freed all the slaves, she did not understand the full-scale complications of suddenly having to care for so many people. He said that he originally stayed in Master Migdal's house after she took the city, but then and Migdal's children begged him to stay. But Migdal and Finez agreed that he must leave rather than face reprisals, forcing Finez to become homeless. Daenerys is like, yo, but I've set up mess halls for everybody to eat and house them. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's cool and all. But the young prey on the old, uh, we don't got it like that down there. Uh, Daenerys is like, but the unsullied will restore order. He's like, yeah, I'm sure they will. But they are unable to ensure physical safety. You know, I've, I've lost my livelihood and my purpose. And I'm too old to start anew. Mm. And therefore, he has come to Daenerys to beg her permission to sell himself back to Migdal. And she is shocked that he would want to be owned as a slave again, as a man might own a goat or a chair. Mm-hmm. And he implores her that the young may rejoice in her new world, but for those too old to change, there is only fear and squalor. Nor, he says, is he alone. There are many supplicants waiting outside, lining up to make the same request. And I'm... Why not just move back in? I think it was like the he explained that like the the daughters and stuff they wanted him to stay, but the master was like, "You got to go." Like I think it was like, "If you're not gonna be my slave," he was like, "You got to go." And I think he said that that pretty sure that was the reason why he had to go. Like he was like, "I really wanted to stay, but my master." Yeah, he was. He I think he feared punishment from Daenerys. Like that's. Ah, okay, that's true. I think that's yeah. I, I think that that's what the 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 problem was was that Master Migdal was like well if Daenerys Targaryen learns that this is happening then we're fucked you know like uh, y- y- uh like I'll certainly die and then my kids will be left mm. 
you know, parentless. And so you, you gotta go. I, I just want to know why they couldn't have like, uh, what has to be through like a slave contract. Yeah. You know, like, why not just be like, like, I give you permission to just move back in, you know, yeah, like, uh, just like, just pay him at, for yeah. being a teacher. Like just instead of selling yourself, just like have a wage or like, you know, I don't know. Like maybe that's just right. And even like, if, <laughs> even if this dude wants to do it out of the kindness of his own heart, like if it is purely for the mm. children and he's like, I just like teaching the children. He provides for me. Like I, at that point, I'm like, I could see Don't get me wrong. I, I would, I would much prefer that he gets paid for his work, which is what Daenerys says. You know, she's like, set up a contract. It can last for no longer than a year, but you gotta, you gotta get yours for this finesse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and he's like, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And he leaves and Sir Barristan Selmy warns Daenerys that the masters will definitely take advantage of this, uh, quickly making contracts with all of the displaced former slaves until they are slaves again and all but mm-hmm. name. Uh, I guess they could have just like built a school or like, you know, yeah, just like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It is a complicated issue though. That's like, no, yeah. Like it's, a, yeah. and I think there's, uh, there's something that Tyrion does to try and kind of, you know, economically make this work because like it does ground their like flavors Bay economy to a halt. Nobody knows how they're supposed to do anything. And he kind of implements that system where like it can go on, for another couple of years, but y'all now have to prepare for a world outside of it. Mm. You know, it's like, uh, you got, you got a few years here to keep doing what you're doing, but use those years to build towards something new. Don't just keep mm. doing what you've been doing. Uh, yeah, but, uh, I, for, I just, I can't remember like any of those details. It's, I don't know. It's like, I know Tyrion gets over there at some point becomes like, Daenerys's hand for a little bit and then when he gets there Daenerys she has to like fly away because Drogon just kept fucking going and then dropped her off in the middle of uh dropped her off in the middle of uh the Kalasar country uh and she gets taken in by the Dothraki Mm. and all the while it's just like Varys, Tyrion, Grey Worm, Barristan just just okay. hanging out in no, Marine right. for a while. So Tyrion kind of becomes the de facto ruler um, while Daenerys mm. is gone. Okay, uh, that's, wow. Yeah, that's... It's crazy how much can just go off a of rewatch. No, yeah. I'll, like, I'll be like, just, there's just so much that happens. Like, the fact that we are now... We have half the show left, and I'm talking about... Like, we got Tyrion coming up in King's Landing here, and... This is like the last time he's in King's Landing for three seasons. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, damn, yeah, that's there's so much that happens. It's insane. Like, yeah, I mean, but, it uh, makes sense. Those books are thick. They had a lot to go off of. Them some big um, bitches. I'll tell you that. Still finished the uh, last one though. You know, I, I'm I am like 98 percent confident that it's it's coming out the day he dies. Like I <laughs> I bet it's already written. He knows how it's going. I don't know. Like, and it's just in his will. Or something to like, like, like drop that shit. He's dead. He's like, uh, and it's just going to be the worst ending possible. He's going to be fuck all of you. I'm dead. I, I don't care. John dies. Daenerys dead. Bran dead. Everyone. It, it, Cersei he publishes it, and it's just yeah. he just like fell asleep on his keyboard. It's just a bunch of like random. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, he's over and over. Yeah, but, but uh, the next supplicant then enters. 
and this poor man, man. a goat herder carrying a bundle in his arms, similarly to the herdsmen who came to show the bones of their livestock, which Daenerys's dragons burned in order to be reimbursed. And immediately when she sees this guy, everyone looks around. They're like, ah, damn, another one. Shit. Yep. Uh, like we know what's coming nothing, here. Nothing we can't prepare for. Uh, but then the shepherd timidly approaches and states that he is unable to speak in the common tongue and requires Masande to translate. I'm distraught. He tells Daenerys that the winged shadow came, placing the bundle on the ground and opening it to reveal the charred bones of a human child. Uh, Daenerys's largest dragon, the black one, Drogon, had roasted the man's three year old daughter. Zala until this is all that was left of her and horrified Daenerys meets with Masande and Grey Worm in private to discuss how to deal with the growing threat that the dragons are posing to the people of Marine. Grey Worm reports you know we haven't seen Drogon in a while uh he was last spotted over the Black Cliffs three days ago uh but now we don't know where he is so uh that's the thing Hello. these motherfuckers can just go all the way around the world in a couple days if they yeah. want to yeah, they just go, and Drogon mm-hmm. is is he just doesn't care. Yeah, he just he's hungry, and he wants to grow, and like so he just he just goes. I love how there's just like an immediate favorite. Like even though the Drogon's the one like doing all these killings, like Daenerys is still like, like Drogon's Drogon. like Drogon's her favorite. I don't know. Yeah. Like it's just kind of clear. Um, She's like, that's the big one. I like the like, big one. Uh, yeah. I mean, God. <laughs> but uh, they have they have that mind connection, you know, and they oh, like yeah. that, that full. Pr- maybe it's a pep talk before they do something, or maybe it is just straight up yeah. mind connection. But uh, I feel, yeah, Drogon. He's just he's just that the oldest. It, not really. They were all born at the same time, I guess. Oh, um, this won't be the last child that Drogon burns. Um, because he chars pretty much everyone in King's Landing. Uh, okay, I thought there was some in between because nope, I'm like, nope, that's what I'm talking about. He just, yeah, uh, no, just a lot of children, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people dead, a lot of yeah. people dead there. Um, mm-hmm. and that is because of the mind connection <laughs> between yeah. Daenerys and Drogon. There, that was, yeah, uh, that was Daenerys being like, "All right, now I'm done. All right, you know what? Fuck it. Let's let it rip. Thing. Let it uh, rip. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm done. Uh, mm-hmm. I could, I could have done this forever ago, but now I'm, I'm just fuck it. You know, I don't care. Uh, but yeah, realizing that she can no longer control her dragons, Daenerys tells them to head with her to the catacombs under the city. Mm-hmm. And later she leads her remaining two dragons, Rhaegal and Viserion, into the catacombs where they are distracted by sheep carcasses. And as they are feeding, Daenerys personally locks huge iron collars around their necks, which are secured by heavy chains. She does so. She weeps as she does so, as it is symbolically reducing her remaining children to chained mm-hmm. up to being chained up themselves. Daenerys got that, got some, some strength. That was some Yo, those heavy things chains there. Lifting them up and putting them on. I mean, damn. Um, but she yeah, got no, arms. Daenerys, she's walking out like crying. Like, yeah. It's just like dragons screeching. Just she locked up a couple tennis balls, you know, or like <laughs> she just, she, she didn't do anything. Like, and, and then she has to like, really actually like, is dominating that performance, dude. It's like, always that's... nuts to think of like what's happening in real life. Like that. She's just, that's just a shot where they're like, all right, you, you locked up your dragons. Now you're going to have to cry. Like you actually locked up your real children and put them in a, in, in, in some catacombs. Now go please, please. And thank you. And it's, I just, how to cry like that. Just don't commit. Like, I don't know. It's just mm. no, crazy. She's, uh... 
Amelia Clark's an incredible actress and she's got a lot of heavy lifting to do in scenes like this. And mm. uh, yeah, they're, they're chained in place under there for now. And you know, part of that might be, well, let's go ahead and put the dragon somewhere where we don't have to animate them for a while. Yeah, they're very <laughs> expensive to have in an episode. That's just yeah. They're like Drogon. We don't know where he is, but the other two we can put under there. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're like fuck, man. Yeah, this is getting way too expensive. We got to just pull them out when we need them. You know, I just when I wonder if that is book based. If that's like something that that happened in the books and they had to they had to adapt, or that was a movie original or movie original TV show original decision because. That they were be. getting quite expensive. I, I remember that, like that, just being the like the talks of how just expensive they were per episode. Right. Um, but let's see. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking I... down here. It doesn't look like a. Yeah, Daenerys learns that Drogon killed a child. Ah, uh, Daenerys does chain yep. up two of her dragons in the books. Mm-hmm. Yep, there it is. Okay. Chapter 11, Dance with Dragons. I was like, it is, it does work story wise because it's mm-hmm. the exact opposite of what she's been do, what she's trying to do for the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just curious if there was a literal, just they were like, oh, this is, it's a lot of money. Go ahead and do this thing. No, nah, it, but it, it would have worked regardless. Like, I think it is a good choice and it mm-hmm. provides, again, Danny with just a really difficult decision to make. But, uh, we are next in King's Landing. Man. Where the lion's share of the story goes down, no pun intended. Mm. Um, but oh, yeah. in, in, in Grand Maester Pycelle's laboratory in King's Landing, Cersei, Pycelle, and Kyburn stand over Sir Gregor Clegane, who lies immobilized on a flat wooden table and is revealed to be suffering from a massive wound centered around his right side. And Pycelle informs Cersei that Oberyn Martella coated his spear with manticore venom, poisoning Sir Gregor. The effects are horrific, with Gregor's wounds petrifying and creating a terrible stench. Uh, Pycelle yeah. says that he is beyond ho- any hope of recovery, but Kyburn insists to Cersei that, yeah, I got this shit. Don't you worry about that. And uh, Pycelle's like, you literally cannot do that. There's no possible way <laughs> you can do that. You're not even a maester. You don't have the chains. And such arrogance is what led you to be expelled from the Citadel. And Cersei's yeah. like, nah, it's okay. Go ahead, Kyvern. Pycelle, you can get the fuck out of here. This is. I don't know why Kyvern wasn't just like, well, if he's already a lost cause, why not just try? You yeah. know, if you think he's dead and gone, why not just let me see if I can bring him back? You know, it like, is unnatural. But uh, the Manticore, the the poison, I just mm-hmm. looked up on the wiki. That was the same little scorpion bug that crawled out of the ball. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, that that was. I don't know. I didn't. Doesn't really matter. I wonder if, because uh, that was just the the doings of King, like people back in King's Landing, right? Like that doesn't. Yes, I believe so. Or no, it was the doings of the uh, the warlocks of Karth. Ah, okay. They, they right, that was the Karth time. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, religion, yeah, they originate just the, in a distant east beyond Karth. That's right. Okay. But anyway, um, completely under. Yeah. Uh, Cersei's like, no, nah, we're going to do this shit right now. Uh, dismisses Pycelle and orders Kyburn to do whatever is necessary. And uh, Pycelle angrily shuffles out of the laboratory. 
is my laboratory. Not anymore, Pycel. You just bad, bitch. Yeah. yeah. She asked Kyburn if his treatment will work. Kyburn was like, well, I don't, if my uh, but I can't guarantee anything. And it will change him, though. Uh, and Cersei's like, man, that's all right. Will it weaken him? No. And Cersei's like, dope, cool. Then do whatever you got to do. Uh, and Kyvern begins siphoning out Gregor's blood. Yeah, yes. I, I'm. I don't know. I've. I've. Uh, a couple times, I'm like, I almost made a meal before the episode. Um, oh, this is one of the bad ones, bro. Yeah, Those yeah. tubes look disgusting, dog. I don't. I. I don't even have a problem with like the blood extraction necessarily. It's more the manner in which it is being performed that's really fucking me up. I'm like, this is disgusting, yeah, like, dog. Whenever we get blood, it's, it's a needle that you can barely even see, like a pinpoint. Yeah. But that needle he stuck in the mountain's arm was like a Ooh. freaking like a tooth. Or something. When he, I don't walked, know, when he was like, oh, I got this dog. He like walks over to the table and he picks up like the giant syringe. Like, yeah. oh my God. Just like suck. Yeah. Just like literally like sucking his blood lawnmower. Like, oh. he's just like, yeah. Like having to manually do that. Yeah. He's just yeah. over and over just taking his blood out. Like, God, that dude. I mean, yeah. Kyburn's, uh, Kyburn's nuts. But, uh, Resources. yeah. Yeah. The dude's, the dude's got it like that. There's no doubt, but uh, Cersei approaches Tywin and insists that she will not submit to a forced marriage with Sir Loras Tyrell. It's not something she's going to do. It doesn't matter what he says. And he attempts to dismiss the subject by stating that the matter is closed, but she persists and mm-hmm. says that it's not just because she does not love Loras. He wants to ship her off to Highgarden and remove her from the court entirely, keeping her away from her last remaining son. And I was damn close to giving Lena Hetty the performance for this scene. Um, I know. Man, I mean. She's got the, that just fucking facial acting, her. everything yeah. here. Like like the line of like, you know, I, I don't want to hear another one of your your whatever stories about, you know, at mm-hmm. the time when this this will not be one of those times, you know. Like she's mm-hmm. she's like getting into her bag here. And now, then like. Hetty is a, is a different breed. Oh. Uh, there's Man, like a guy who obviously had just so much heavy lifting to do in this episode. Mm. Uh, I feel like for me anyway, but uh, mm. with uh, with Cersei out of the picture, both Marjorie and Tywin will attempt to get their claws into Tywin or Tommen and manipulate him until they tear him apart. And uh, Tywin refuses to budge. So Cersei plays her trump card. She says, I'll destroy the house. And he's like, how and how would you intend to do that? She's like, I'll tell the truth. And he's like, and what is that? She's like, oh, you don't know. Oh, oh, yeah. Me and Jamie are fucking dad. Yeah. You know, your son and me, your yeah. daughter. So we obsessed have with these kids. But if you actually just took one second to look at your children to see what was actually going and, on. And like, another scene where I was so close to being like, this might be it. You know, like there's just yeah. so much good shit that happens in this episode. And. With growing realization, you know, she assesses that even he did not know what was going on. And and uh, Tywin is still apparently confused. So with a merciless grin, re- Cersei reveals that all the rumors about her and Jamie are true. And she will tell everyone and destroys t- destroy Tywin's vaulted legacy, even though it also means the death of her and her son. Mm. And Tywin shakes with barely constrained rage, but in denial, he accuses that Cersei is simply lying to anger him. 
And Cersei says she doubts he truly thinks that and leaves him standing in his chamber alone, where she heads straight to Jamie in the White oh. Sword Tower. And even furthermore, I am still so pissed that they made the decision they did in season four, episode three. The, this entire season could have played out the exact same if they don't do what Jamie did in season four, episode three. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't fit. At all. It doesn't like, fit. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. It no. was a terrible fucking choice. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, it's so weird. Like, and, and then, like, even the, like, you know, Cersei, like, it's weird regardless. Like, even if that didn't happen, the scene is just, like, weird. Like, we're, no, yeah, like, no matter I, what, it's weird, but yeah, at least. You, my brother. Like, just yeah. hearing that, like, said out loud. I'm just like, my oh. brother, my like, lover. Yeah, like, oh, oh okay. God. Like, sure. Like, oh, God. No, like no matter what, it's bad. But like, why did it need? It doesn't make sense now. You know what I'm saying? Like now, anything that happens after that, where Cersei is in any way attracted to Jaime, I go, this isn't right. This doesn't feel correct. You know. But uh, he expresses rather blatant disgust at her uh, her attempts to kill Tyrion. And Cersei asserts that Tyrion killed their mother when she gave birth to him. And Jamie's like, you can't possibly blame him for that. Uh, he was an infant and had no control over that. And he insists that Tyrion is her family, whether she chooses to accept it or not. And she's like, nah, I don't feel like it. Uh, the disease doesn't choose to kill you, but you still get rid of it either way. And I was like, oh my god, that's how you see it. Like, like god damn, dude just was born. Hey, you know, not like talking about a disease, dude. Yeah, like, uh, that's your brother. Like, I like, yeah. dang. Like, I, I mean, that's how she justifies it, though. You know? Like, and she's like, we all have a choice in who our family is, and I choose you, my brother, my lover. <laughs> and she then, uh, she then reveals that she has spilled their secret to Tywin. And he's like, yo, the fuck? Uh, how did he take that? Uh, and she's like, oh, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Let's just fuck. Uh, Someone could walk in. I don't care. I don't care. Let them see. Uh, he, he's like, I. Yeah, luckily Tywin just kind of died uh, before Jamie like had it. Like I don't know. I, I would have loved to see the. We got a, a Cersei and Tywin interaction, and we obviously got the uh, Tyrion and Tywin interaction here, but we didn't get to see uh, what happened between Jamie and Tywin. That's true. In That's true. Would have been interesting to see how that conversation went. Like, um, but ah, I'm uh, I'm all out. I like how it went. Good riddance. Yeah. yeah. I'm all right. Yeah, they, uh, they go ahead and kiss and throws her on the table, table where they're going to fuck. But uh, later on in the middle of the night, Tyrion is awoken in his cell by the sound of the cell door being opened by Jamie, who reveals that he has orchestrated an escape plan for him with the assistance of Varys. It appears Get on with have... it, you son of a whore. He's like, yeah. is that any way to talk about our mother? You know, like, <laughs> when he walks in, I'm just like, it's so, they're so good together. I like, like that, man. Yeah. He's like, it seems like you have more friends than you thought. He's like, well, I guess so. I didn't, I didn't even think Varys was my friend. You saw the way he talked shit at the fucking trial. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. uh, he secured a galley in the harbor on which Tyrion can sneak out of the city and flee for the free cities. And he leads Tyrion to a stairway, stairway leading up to a locked door, instructing Tyrion to knock on it twice and then twice more to summon Varys, who will lead him to the ship. And before they part ways, Tyrion goes, I guess this is it. And mm. 
Jamie's like, ah, oh, yeah, shit. Didn't really think about that. Uh, yeah. love you. Buddy. Uh, oh. the, the way they embrace, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just so cute, man. You know, this is another scene that I was like, ah, oh, mm. God. Like, uh, Jamie, like, well, you know, they already like had their little hug and he's like, thank you. Thank you for yeah. my life. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. That, like, oh, that was, it was kind of cute. But then seconds before this, there's like an incest sex scene. That's like, you know, yeah. it's like, how do I really feel yeah. about Jamie? And then like a couple episodes ago, he did just an unspeakable act that I'm, you know, it's just, just a really weird show to watch. Um, but I mean, I'll, I'll take it as a, a cute moment. Like there, there, there's yeah, always yeah, yeah. been no between Jamie and, and Tyrion. They've always been been really oh, good yeah. they you. have great scenes together peter dinklage and nikolaj colster waldau's chemistry mm. is pretty pretty impeccable but Tyrion alone stares up at the door at the top of the staircase and is like you know what i'll go up there in a little bit and uh, uh i don't i have some unfinished business he's here. like i gotta go i gotta go see a man about dying <laughs> uh and deciding to use the secret passages of the red keep to infiltrate the tower of the hand he enters the hand of the king's quarters and sees a woman lying in Tywin's bed with Tywin's flo- clothes folded up on a chair. As he draws closer, he hears, uh, my lion. And it is revealed to be Shay. And, uh, cause she even goes, Tywin? Yeah. My lion? Yeah. Uh, oh my God, dude. Uh, Hey, I'm not one for murderous rage, but if there is ever a time that I would understand it. <laughs> yeah. No, this this My one, uh, like, God. after the court case, too, you know, after she goes up there and embarrasses him in well, front of everybody. All of the shit Tywin has talked about her being a whore and how you can't sleep with whores and how that's unbecoming, like, just everything piled up into this one moment. His entire disdain for his dad, his entire life, and the sheer betrayal that he's experienced from Shay here. He's like, well, uh, well, and the other thing, too, that's interesting is that I don't think he planned on killing her. He she tried to kill him. Yeah. She's the one who uh, grabbed the knife, you know, like, yeah. off that food plate or whatever was over there. And then he's just like, ah, oh, shit. Well, uh, I, I like he I feel like. Like the facial acting here is insane. Like the yeah, like Peter Dinklage got my performance, and he probably deserves it. And I, I mean, I I probably should give it to him too. I just I really liked one other one after this, but I'll get mm-hmm. this is my scene right here. So I'll give giving him the nod for it for here because he makes this scene that's for sure. Yeah. But like just you know, you you see all those emotions just flood through him, and he's like, oh my god, like you're actually trying to kill me. Like no, like I like let's just like you, you yeah, kind of. Like, Let's just talk this out, but like he obviously can't do that, so he's like, "Ah, oh, well, I just I don't know what to do here." And then, then you know, he, I don't know. I love that it's it's a necklace that does like just the fattest gold necklace. That well, and made. it's I'm pretty sure it's a necklace he got her. Oh, yeah. Like oh, it's, no. oh, dude, that just oh man. Yeah, yeah. They they violently struggle before Tyrion uh, strangles her with a necklace he'd once gifted her. Tyrion continues to strangle her long after she has uh, been dead, and he sinks to the floor and sits next to Shay's lifeless body, weeping, and tells her that he is sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't oh. think you need to be the one apologizing here, Tyrion. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, you know, that's, like, I mean, it's, it's an extreme length to go to. Uh, that's, that's true. He did kill. You know, he did kill her, and that, that yeah. you know. 
You probably shouldn't context, kill like the show. Um, I understand. Yeah, uh, yeah I think, but uh, it's, it's yeah, just always, bad. always losing. He's not, you know, he does never, never winning. And he stares at the wall across the room and sees several weapons on display. Among them, an old crossbow. And he's like, "Well, I got one down. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and knock over another pin. What about it?" Uh, and Tyrion drags the crossbow down the wall loads it and heads down the hall to the privy, opening the door to find his father seated upon the toilet. And Tywin seems surprised to see Tyrion, but he's very good at regaining composure. You know, he's like, Tyrion. Mm. Okay. Uh, he's like, your brother, I expect. God, he always did have a soft spot for you, that little bitch. Um, he's like, let's just go ahead and calm down. We can discuss this back in the chamber. I got to wipe my ass real quick and then we'll be set. Uh, I'm going back in there. Okay. Yeah, he's like, no, not going back. Um, no, why's that? Well, there's, there's a dead. I I killed Shay. She's dead in there. Yeah, like yeah. He's oh okay. Just you know, I don't know. You call it like the whore or whatever. He's like I do do not say that word Does about dead, her. You know, oh, and you're yeah. afraid of a dead whore, and he's like, don't call her that. Uh, not not again. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Tyrion steadies the crossbow, stopping him dead in his tracks. All my life you've wanted me dead, Tyrion states. And Tywin goes, yes. <laughs> and uh, he attempts to defuse the situation by telling Tyrion that he's always admired his son's will to survive, despite any attempts to kill him, and insists that he was never actually going to have Tyrion killed. Uh and Tyrion's like, yeah, 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 I just mur- I just murdered Shay, so that's dope. Uh, and Tywin's like, ah, it doesn't matter, she's nothing more than a whore. And Tyrion's like, yeah, don't say that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, say it one more time and you're going to catch one here. And Tywin balks that Tyrion won't kill his own father in the privy and again tries to convince Tyrion to continue the discussion uh, in this chambers. And Tyrion says he cannot go back there because Shay's body is still there. And Tywin dares Tyrion by calling his bluff and mocking him by saying, because you're afraid of a dead whore. And the moment Tywin utters the word whore, Tyrion goes ahead and looses a crossbow bolt straight into his uh, belly, knocking mm-hmm. him backward. And you shot me. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> God damn, man. You did it. Yeah, he's like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's, I mean, not going to feel good. That's for sure. I mean, kind of crazy how we can keep his composure with an arrow through his stomach here yeah. even for a little bit. Um, see, uh, yeah, Tyrion starts reloading, and Tywin's like, you know what? You're no son of mine. Fuck you. Uh, and Tyrion goes, I am your son. I have always been your son. And then he shoots another bolt into Tywin's heart, killing him. Um, mm-hmm. Tyrion goes ahead and drops the crossbow, leaves to find Varys, who immediately realizes that Tyrion took a little bit more time than he was expecting and was like, uh, yeah, what, uh, what have you done? Yeah, uh, Varys, like, going through all the possibilities. He's like, yeah. okay, quite some time. He was in some secret tunnels. I guess he could have... Oh, he definitely killed his dad. He's like, yeah, he probably killed his dad. I'm not going to say it. Keep for a single-line delivery, Conleth Hill, this was fucking good. You know, like, a, what have you done? You know, yeah. just kind of being like, like, it was fucking great for Varys there in that moment. But uh, mm. nonetheless, he leads Tyrion out of the castle to the docks where Tyrion is stowed away inconspicuously in a crate aboard a ship. And Varys begins walking back towards the Red Keep, but stops when he hears the bells begin to toll, and it's like, oh, he's like, like, okay, yep, you know what? 
I'm gonna get out. Kingsland <laughs> isn't the best place to be right now. Um, he's like, we'll take my chances. Yeah, and I don't know. I love how he's just like just sitting there next to his box, making sure yeah. you know. Yeah, he has some company, I guess. You know, yeah. and ah and, uh, oh, man, like yeah, it's a, a good start of like this storyline. Like I, I forget like a lot of the small details that happens here, but I love like Tyrion just going off and become a Daenerys's hand eventually. I, I don't know. I don't know what happens in between here and, and there. Um, if it just is, they pop up and it's kind of the next thing they do. But man, I guess I can, I don't know. I haven't checked out the map in quite some time. Just see. Right. Right. Uh, did you go with Tyrion, Tyrion for your character? Um, I, yes, I did character. Yeah. Cool. Uh, he is my character. The performance hasn't came yet. It probably is Tyrion, you know, on the real, but I really just, I think someone, Someone put on, I don't know, we haven't gotten to him yet. Uh, but we We're about to, in the Vale yeah. of the Aaron. That's yeah. where we but are that, now. That was my scene, though. Uh, Tyrion's escape and, and killing Tywin and Shay. Because, I mean, he was probably going to kill Tywin regardless, but then after he saw Shay there, he's like, all right, yeah, there's no doubt now. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in way too deep now. He's like, Well, yeah, that's this- what's interesting is, like, I don't think he went there with murderous intent. You know, hmm. like... uh he didn't mm-hmm. grab a weapon before he entered his father's chambers. Mm-mm. He probably just went there to be like, I'm Fuck escaping. you. Like, I'm yeah, leaving. I'm, yeah. Yeah. You won't ever see me again, but I want my last word, you know, with yeah, like, basically. Uh, but then he sees Shay murders her. And then is like, well, might as well, you know, like, uh, yep. yep that's you passed the line. Um, that's yeah. for sure. Um, a couple, uh, a couple miles past the line, actually, not just like tippy toed passage. You know, yeah, no, he, he ran. He ran past it and kept going. Yeah, yeah, that's that's for sure. Um, but man, yeah, that's I don't know that that scene there was just done so well in like the reigns of Castamere playing as well. You know, there like in the background, like I'm pretty sure it was reigns of Castamere, which is just kind of badass at the fall yeah. of you know House Lannister a little bit. You know, it still got Cersei, Jaime, and Tyrion there, and I guess Tommen and Marcella, but uh. Yeah, it's uh the real power of the house is is gone. Um the real king yeah, like he king, did. the yeah. guy who was basically running the realm right now, gone. Um and man, yeah, what a death. I don't know, that's that's a crazy More just to memorable scroll down, one. Like, see the deaths of the episode. Zala? Who is Zala? That was the, uh, the, the three year old yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah, it's Zala, Jojen, Shay, and Tywin. Um, it's a big. That's a. That's a lot of losses in one episode. You know, yeah. uh, Jojen's been around a couple seasons. Shay's been around since season one, which is kind of crazy. Tywin's been around since season one. Like they're a. It's 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 damn shame to see them go. But I love to watch them leave. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Veil of Aaron. Next up, uh. Brienne of Tarth and Podrick Payne are heading towards the Bloody Gate. When they happen upon Arya Stark practicing her water dancing while Sandor Clegane is off relieving himself. And both are turning from the Eyrie after receiving word of Lysa Aaron's death. Brienne and Arya like see each other for a second and Arya's like, yo, pull your fucking pants up. Stop taking a shit. We got a company. Yeah. Uh, shit later, dude. Come on. Like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Brienne approaches Arya, uh, kind of being like, yo, what's up, man? Both showing respect for one another as they are both women who have fought against what uh, has been expected of them for their entire lives. But they are interrupted 
by the return of the hound. And Podrick's like, oh shit, that's the hound. That's the hound. That's the fucking hound. And Brienne's like, oh shit, and you're Arya Stark. And they're like, all right, you're here for the story. Arya and the hound are like, oh shit, okay, well. Yeah, the hound puts his hand on his sword. Now he's like, I thought you were here for something, you know, for something like he's like walking up. I want to go ahead. This got the fucking clean sweep for me. I gave Peter Dinklage the performance just cause kind of uh, the hound gets my character. He also mm-hmm. gets my line. And this is my favorite scene of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man, was it just, so good? Oh, yeah, my God. Rory I McCann. Yeah. First performance nod uh, from me. I think it might be his first one. That's yeah, his first period. It's his first um, period. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just at the end specifically, like uh, that one was what really nailed it in. But then, like, just from I don't know, I, Tyrion put on like a more emotional, like, and definitely like the scene was a lot more grim. Like, I don't know, a lot more was going on there. But like, well, I Rory McCann had some shit to do here. This is a yeah. this is a good scene for him, and it's a great scene for everyone involved. Macy Williams does incredible. I can't emphasize enough how good Gwendolyn Christie did in the actual fight sequence. Like, yeah. I wonder how much it is actually, you know, like versus stunt people. Or I'm like pretty if, sure it's a lot. A lot of it is them. I'm, I'm fairly certain. In a yeah. lot of it, I'm pretty sure they're not. When she's doing just like wailing on him, like. <sighs> Yeah, like screaming, oh, like, like that shit's like, uh, dirty. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no, that, like, they kick each other in the dick and the in the vagina, and they're just like, "Yeah, fuck it, let's let's do this yeah, thing." You know? How it gets you know it kicked first, and he's like, "Fuck it," I'm in no, like gives her the biggest cooch kick you know ever. Like cooch I mean, and, like, yeah, Brienne just lets out like, a, like, "Oh my fuck!" Like yeah, it, I mean, it was just brutal. Yeah, that we got fight. a good old dick kick and a good old cunt punt out of this. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Nothing, nothing goodies going on here. But uh, regardless, uh, before that all breaks out, Brienne tells Arya of her sacred vow to protect her mother. And they're both like, well, her mom's dead. So yeah. good job well, there. Didn't. Yeah, what, what, uh, what went wrong there? Yeah, like, I don't know. It's it's crazy. Well, I, was sent, I was sent by her, your mother to return Jamie Lannister. They're like, well, you got that gold sword there. Maybe you're a little too loyal to the Lannisters now. Am I right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, yeah. And like, Brian's like, yeah, yeah, I was given, Jamie gave right. me this. Damn yeah. true. But you guys don't know the whole story, you know, like a lot yeah. more happened in between there. It's, you know, a lot going on, but I don't know. It's very interesting to how, how Arya is just okay with the hound, you know, like, it's just like, that's what we're doing now. Stuff, like stuff's changed, you know, I'm like, not you... going anywhere. Yeah. You take her like a couple seasons ago before she met the hound, like she, she goes to Brienne and is like, probably looks at her as like, oh man, you're you're a woman with a sword. Like you, you know, how to, like, I don't know. I feel like Arya would go with Brienne. No questions asked. Like, Oh, you, you know, you're with my here, her mother and like a sworn vow. Like, I don't know. I feel like she, she might just go with her right away. But now she's like, after all the experiences they've been through, like it makes perfect sense. And it, it like shows why we've saw so much time with Arya and the hound mm-hmm. just doing what they're doing. And, oh, and it also kind of parallels what happened with Sansa a couple episodes ago or last episode, whenever they brought her before the council of the Aaron and were like, uh, so what's up with this dude? And she's like, actually, he's protected me. You know, like, uh, this is, he, I, I like him a lot. He likes me. We're, we're all cool. And then, you know, he, she explains that, you know, better to be with the person you don't than the person, the person you know than the person you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, because now I know you won't hurt me. You you would have by now if you were going to. I don't know shit about Brienne. Um, besides that, she has a sword that was gifted to her by the Lannisters, who I, I 
objectively hate and you do, you fucking hate the Lannisters. So mm-hmm. we're good. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, but, Valyrian uh, steel. I've always wanted some Valyrian yeah. steel. Yeah. Like the, the, just even before the battle starts, like I know it's coming and I'm like, I just, I just, I want to no, build up to it is the best part. I think because, mm-hmm. uh, this is my, is, it's where I got my favorite line from, but, uh, mm. Yeah, it frightens Arya into thinking that Brienne is working for the uh, Lannisters, and Brienne implores Arya to come with her to safety. And the Hound mocks Brienne, pointing out that there is no safety for Arya anymore. Mm-hmm. Her aunt Lysa in the Eyrie is dead. Her father, her mother, and older brother are dead. And the Stark armies are scattered, and Winterfell is a smoking ruin. He says, "If you don't, if you know that, if you don't know that, there's nowhere safe for her." then maybe you're the wrong one to watch over her. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're doing? Aye, that's what I'm doing. That's my yeah. line. Uh, whenever whenever he goes, maybe you're the wrong one to watch over her. Mm. And she goes, oh, is that what you're doing? Aye, that's what I'm doing. Exactly. I was like, yeah, yep. let's fucking go. You know, like, uh, that's my. that's when he got my character nod. That's when this got my scene. That's when I got my line. And that's before the fight breaks out, dog. I was like, that line just, gut punched me in the best way possible both of us uh you know i i just i gave my performance and that was the only thing you you were missing so i guess he got the clean sweep for the episode yeah he did the hound was a fucking badass in this one and Mm -hmm. it's so interesting because obviously given what we have seen in the show you know brienne is the good guy you know like you know that she does mean well Mm -hmm. it's just so fascinating when you get to this point where they face off with each other and you're more just kind of like, I don't know who I want to win. I just want to see how it ends up. You know, like it's just kind of, yeah. yeah. Like either way it goes, like I'm fine with Arya staying with the hound and them just keep mm-hmm. on going on. But it would be really interesting to see what would happen if, if, uh, she went her separate know. way yeah. with and Brienne. Cause they probably, they probably go to the, or the veil. They probably, probably link up with Sansa then. Because I guess what happens to Brienne after this? Does she still go to, um, like the Vale and and still tr- like go? I don't. I don't know. I, I'm. I just forgot what what Brienne does. Like after. I don't this. know what Brienne does because I'm pretty sure the next time we see, like the next story that I remember involving Brienne is mm-hmm. her trying to save Sansa from Winterfell when she's married to Ramsay. Um, uh, that's yes, the last yes. thing I remember, or the next thing I remember, but uh, beyond that, I'm not sure what happens between here and there if she does go to the Vale, because she just learned that Lys is dead. You know? So, yeah, like... It does turn around. Yeah, in, in episode two of season five, she turns back around. She's in the crossroad. The crossroads in, and then she goes... Up to Moat Kalen. Ah, so she heads north. She starts heading north. Mm Mm-hmm. And then up to Winterfell. So, wow. Okay. All right. But But, uh, ultimately, they draw swords and begin to fight, uh, brutally fucking each other up. Ultimately, (laughs) Brienne gains the upper hand by biting off a chunk of Sandor's ear. Mm -hmm. uh, Punching him several times. Kicks were thrown. Punches were thrown. You don't see a lot of fights in game of thrones resort to like fists 
You know, mm-hmm. it usually is weapons, but they were just blunting each other. You know what I'm saying? They were like, they yeah, were it was almost like legend. they didn't want it to end quick. They were like so pissed at each other that they were like, yeah. I want to beat the ever living <laughs> shit out of you before. Yeah, before you're dead. And yeah, Gwendolyn yeah, Christie. This shit was crazy. And when she there. finally, yeah, when she finally kicks him down the cliffside, I remember it's just so disheartening, you know, because you do think this is it. Yeah. He doesn't show up at all in season five. The Hound isn't in this show again until season six. You think he is dead for a long time. And when he, when he shows back up, you're just like, yes, you know, like that Did sort of vibe. How he was like, how he got out of there. Um, um, I think they, I think he gets found by some, like we spend a lot of time with him in like a village that's been like, that like nursed ah, him back to health. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. That and that's now. when, that's when his development reaches like another level is when he's like, yeah. Yeah, he's oh, like yeah. back on his bullshit. But uh yeah, Brienne wins the fight and goes to search for Arya who managed to slip away during the melee. He's like, I don't Podrick's like, I don't know, she was just here. And he's like, she's you like, What the fuck? Job, you had Podrick, one job. On, you the I was over there go. fighting a beast yeah. of a man, the most difficult fight I've ever had yeah. in my fucking life, and you can't even keep an eye on her. Uh yeah. There is some trivia about the horses too, why they woke up without any horses. And it was just like in that part of Iceland, I think they were in, you're not allowed to have horses that high up, like in those, oh, cool. like in the mountains. So they just had to have some reason as to why their horses were gone. And they were like, yeah, well, they just Padre didn't tie them up correctly. Yeah, um, one, one other piece of trivia I didn't mention was that, uh, Tywin died here in this episode aired on Father's Day. Um, which is pretty, funny. <laughs> like, it's pretty funny coincidence here that it's a, a Father's Day episode and Tyrion kills him there. But, but yeah, um, no, this, that, I mean, this fight was, I yeah, mean, it, it was like a finale fight. Like this was, I don't know, was well, really, it's like one of those things you just never solo. thought you'd see. And, and, you know, cause there are a few, there are a few fights where you're like, oh, this is years in the making. I, I want to see this happen. Like the hound mm. versus the mountain. You want to watch mm-hmm. that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but this is one of those just like, like dudes are like brainstorming, like, oh, who do you think would win? Like Brienne of Tarth or the Hound? And then they just mm-hmm. managed to put that on screen, which is really, really cool. Uh, and Brienne shows that she's she's got it like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, Arya makes her way down the cliffside as Brienne and Podrick begin to search the area in vain. And he tells her, the hound uh, tells her that unless there is a maester miraculously on hand to tend his wounds, he's finished. Mm-hmm. And Sandor tells her, you know, you remember where the heart is. Go ahead and do it. Scratch another name off your list. Mm-hmm. But she just sits there and stares at him. He's like, come on, do it. And uh, she just keeps it. staring. Yeah, he's and, like, oh well, if, if asking's not gonna work, let me try a different angle here. He's um, like, I, 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 I killed the butcher's boy. I killed your friend. I ran him down. I I should have. I should have. I, I I knew your sister in King's yeah. Landing. I should have taken her. I should have raped her. Yeah, yeah, at least like I would have died with one happy memory. Like, oh yeah. man, like this is like, dude is. He's like, no, you're gonna make me beg. Yeah. Oh, Please do it. The amount amount of emotions he had to go through that. That's why, yeah. like, at this point, after the fight, after everything, and then he hit, hits here. 
the only reason I didn't give it to him was so he didn't get the clean sweep. I wanted to re- put some respect on the moment of the season somehow, and it just had to be performance because yeah. uh, undoubtedly the the character, like I like I said, the clean sweep, the clean sweep was going to him no matter what. Mm. But he he dominated this moment, and uh, she ultimately refuses and takes the money <laughs> and takes the money that he had on. Yeah. Leaving him screaming at her to kill him. Kill me. Kill me. And my yeah. my line came from there after he was like, uh, you know, pro- he was like, go find Brienne. You know, go find her. Like, you you won't last a day, like, on your own out here. And then Arya was like, I'll last longer than you. Like, just, she was so stone cold yeah. through it all. Through everything. And... And I love that, like, the Hound, like, his last thing is, like, hey, go find her. Like, I don't want you to be alone. Like, you yeah. you will be safer with her even though I, I really would rather you not be with her. But, but like, just please. Like, I'm clearly not that. an option anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, like, this this kind of, like, a, a goodbye they have. But Arya just, I don't know, just stone cold yeah. through it all. Like, yeah. that, that's why I was, like, I don't think, like, whenever she was debating going with, our, uh, going with Brienne or the Hound, it's not that she's, like, grown to love the hound or anything she respects him more than she mm-hmm. ever has i think yeah uh, i think that's why she didn't kill him like i yeah. think it's it's like yeah your name was on my list and everything but not anymore. i don't think you're on my list like, anymore like, i'm know? not gonna be the one to do it you know yeah. and and that's i don't know it it's was like you you've earned your way off my list but you have not earned a nice quick death you know what i'm yeah. saying like if you're gonna die you deserve to die slowly and it's not gonna be me uh, yeah, I guess we can uh, it, on the on the her kill list. I guess we can put the hound, but like a, a strike through through the hound. So not actually yeah. doing it, but but the removal, uh, kind of uh, unofficially, um, of the hound from the list because she thinks he's dead. I mean, she probably went on being like, "Yeah, that dude, that dude's fucked." Like, yeah. uh, not, I, only, I'm like, not only is this man not in season five, he's not in season six until episode seven. Oh my god. Yeah, like we don't see this man for another seventeen weeks. The broken uh, man is the title which of that is, one. Wow, which is him. Yeah. Uh, wow. That's but, uh, crazy. Yeah. Now, love me some. Well, and that's what's crazy too is that they brought him back just because they wanted to bring him back. That's not book base anymore. Season six. Uh, we're we're off we're off book now. They were yeah. like, let's bring that motherfucker back. You know, that's why we didn't kill him that long that long ago. You know, like. Let's True. get Rory McCann back in the show. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> like, people thank love God. the Hound. Yeah, uh, rightfully so. I mean, he, they they did well with his character. That's for sure. The Hound like has that. one of the one of my favorite beginnings to ends of anybody in this show. Uh, mm. Just a one wonderful character. But uh, Arya rides a horse to the salt pans on the coast of the Vale, where she sees a wharf with ships docked, and she approaches a captain and asks if she can pay for travel to the north. But he says they won't go there because these days the North is full of war, cold, and pirates. Instead, the ship is going home to Bravos. And Ari's like, "Oh shit, Bravos! Nope, 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 nope! I got just I got a thing for that. For that. I, got, I got something for you. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I know I don't even need a cabin. I can work. I can do everything. Oh, Bravos! Yeah. Oh, now I'm good. Pilar Magulis. And he, the dude's like, "How did you? Yeah, yeah, okay, one hundred percent. Let's do this shit." Uh, yeah, like, is this is this something that just every Bravosian man just learns in school, or like it's just like, like, uh, yeah. or maybe it's some like, sort of ship captain, like mm. 
it's specifically for people who sail seas, mm-hmm. you know, because it seems like that's like you, you, I think Jockin specifically said you give this to any ship, Bravosi ship captain, and they will take you. Is that what he said? I'm oh, I, sure. I thought it was like any Bravosian man. Is. Yeah, I, I think thought you're, it was I think you're right. But the only way he's, yeah. she's going to get there is via boat. So, like, you know, that's like, true. Yeah. Give this to Annie Bravosi, and you got you got a place. And she goes, Valar Margulis. And he looks at it and he goes, Velado Iris. And uh, he's like, Yep, yeah, I guess you got. It, it may just be that, like, that currency is useless over in Westeros. So it's mm-hmm. like, why would anyone even have a Bravosian coin? You know? So it's like, you had to have. You've had to have won the heart or did something good for some Bravosian man. It's like, it's but maybe just like a. I'm pretty sure it's specifically for the faceless men. Like, he. I think. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, he takes her. I, I'm pretty sure this dude takes her directly to the house of black and white. Ah, like, okay. Okay. So it's. Maybe that's. It's that's very the specific. Robinson. No yeah. one fucks with them because they know that, like. You're like, you don't fuck with those people. Like, yeah, they right. kill anyone, anywhere, anytime. So it's like, they just the story of them is they kill no matter what. And if, if you get a coin, you know, I, I don't like, maybe that's just the legend of them. You yeah. know, it's like, yeah, if you ever get a coin, you better not turn them down. You better bring right. them to us. Um, but yeah, the ship casts off. And this was a, this was a really cool shot watching Arya stand aboard the ship and mm-hmm. watch her walk down, walk down the bow. It really reminded me of just like the finale where she is like exactly four seasons from now mm. when she's sailing west of Westeros ah, and yeah, she's yeah. on a ship and she walks down the back. Like, I think that was very, very mm. like visually an influence on the later season. Uh, but she then moves to the prow of the ship looking forward across the narrow sea. And we end the episode there. It's a great finale. Uh, yeah. an unquestionably good finale, dude. Uh, mm. yeah, every, every scene, I mean, like, maybe the most boring scene through it all was like Daenerys, yeah, and Marine, you know, like that's like the and low, even that she's locking up her dragons, yeah. like, that's a big like, fucking moment. That's the low of the episode, I think, is Marine, which is insane, uh, to say. Yeah, it's this episode was, I mean, they ended this season perfectly, I yeah, think they knew like, what they needed to do, bro. Mm. And it's cool to see that we don't, you know, we think about usually the finales kind of wrap stuff up and push us forward in some way. And I'd say that for Arya, they definitely did that. And mm-hmm. I'd say for like maybe John, they definitely did that. And Tyrion, you know, but like Daenerys, that's kind of like a, yep, we're just done with that oh, for yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, King's Landing's definitely left in shambles. Uh, yep. It'll be interesting to see. I'm excited to kick off season five because I remember season five is one of those seasons that kind of slips through the cracks for me, say for the end, as far as the specifics of it. I remember a lot of stuff that happens, but I remember how we get there early on. Um, House of Black and White, that's episode two. So, oh yeah, we're starting. Wow. I think Arya's training starts in season five. Wow. That's uh, the Wars to Come, episode one. Um, that's that's got to be Stannis and the Wall sort of uh, stuff. Episode three, High Sparrow. So they get into that. Oh man, season five is when the High Sparrow yeah, comes. Yeah. Okay, episode four, Sons of the Harpy. The Ooh. people in that. So are there actually yeah. a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. that takes place here. Yeah, and then Jorah, obviously Harpy. Jorah's going to pick up Tyrion. 
He's going to try and they're going to get into the slave pits. Yeah, I was looking at Tyrion's map. He gets moving. I mean, like going like I I was checking him out and like you go to at the end of season four and he's in King's Landing still, obviously. But then the first episode, he's already in Pentos. Second episode, he's on his way through the flatlands on his way to Volantis. He makes it to Volantis in the third episode. And then that's um, where he probably gets picked up and mm-hmm. taken through the doomed uh the doomed lands of Valyria. And then and then he in episode five he's in Oros? Wherever whatever Oros is. Um I don't I'm know guessing what... that's where the slave pits were. And then it's kinda of like a stopping I guess he's on his way to Ah, it's just on his way to Marine. So kind mm-hmm. of like just making the trip slowly up there. But he gets to Marine in episode eight, Hard Home. Uh, is whenever he he arrives in marine so hey okay. all right um, got man. a long journey to go on with Tyrion next season then huh mm-hmm. but uh we got a lot to look forward to man uh how about we give this bad boy a rating to it oh yeah i think i mean man like last episode was a 10 and i, I mean i mean i think this 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 could be i like, think it's uh, the best season finale yeah yeah this show so far let's see other finales Nine five for season one, nine five for season two, eight seven five for season three. Yeah, then um, this is at floor nine seven five. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like everywhere that I'm checking in, like 10, if though. yeah, yeah if, if yeah, I, th- I think it's a ten here for enjoyment. Like if if Daenerys and locking up her dragons is the low point of the episode, like we got we got Brienne versus versus the Hound, that was just freaking amazing. But then everything to come before and after that was so good. Yeah, the we murdered killing Tywin. Of, of Tywin, yeah, and, and Tyrion's escape was was so good. And it, even the like starting off the episode, I thought that was going to be my favorite scene, like at the very yeah. beginning with Mance John and, and Mance. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, everything was just they were firing. So I, I think I think I'm giving this one a ten, enjoyment wise. Um, okay, and then let's see. Previous finales critically. Last one was a nine, a nine two five for Valar Morghulis season two, and a nine uh, for season one finale. And let's see, I mean, performances—they were on their game, that's for sure. Uh, Lena Headey. Uh, Rory McMahon, Kit Harrington, yeah. uh, Peter Dinklage, like everyone was was going. Everyone was firing on ten. Um, the score was particularly sound. Um, Legia one was were pretty solid. I liked the yeah. way this episode looked. I don't think it was anything that was like jaw dropping, but it was good. You know. Um, yeah, I'm I'm sitting in a really high place with this. What what do we give the Watchers on the Wall nine seven five? Mm-hmm. I'm That's like right. Maybe a nine nine two five nine five, you know. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's that's where it lands. Not we gave nine two fives uh, to Mockingbird and the Mountain and the Viper. Um, those nine were five. nine two fives, and yeah, yeah nine five. That was uh, Tyrion's trial, Laws of Gods and Men was a nine five, and I think mm-hmm. it it kind of stacks up to there. So okay, well that averages it out to a nine six seven or a ninety seven uh, percent, which is a little lower than the Watchers on the Wall last episode at a nine eight three, but is that the only one that's above it? Would be, yes, of this season. So, last two episodes, best two of the season. I think that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, there we go. And Oh, I guess 
we need to do the season favorites as well. Yes, we do. Um, yes, we do. And then the season rating. Uh, oh, which one do we want to do first? Let's um, do season favorites since we did the favorites throughout the episode. Um, I have an easy, easy favorite character. It's Oberyn Martell. There's no doubt that that's the man there's, of the season. There's no one else who that's going to. Yeah, yeah it's, that's, it's, that's it's the Oberyn. fucking man of the year. Uh, there's mm-hmm. no doubt. Uh, uh, he was. He came in. He made his impact. Uh, and he, like, and not a ton of screen time. I know he was in a lot of episodes, but he was only in for a few minutes in each of those episodes. And he just, he just fucking floors it every single time. Uh, that was an easy choice for me. Uh, performance, I'm going Peter Dinklage. I think that mm-hmm. he just had a really good season. You know, he had a oh, lot yeah. to go through. The turmoil that he faced throughout the trial, uh, before the trial at, at his, at Joffrey's wedding, uh, all sorts of shit that happened this season. Just Peter Dinklage had to put on. Uh, so I, I went with him for the season. Yeah, I'm going with I'm going with Kit Harrington this season, <laughs> uh, and I think I think he's he's finally who we want him to be, and uh, I'm I'm fully behind him. And in this episode too, like he almost got it for this episode, but I don't know. There's just the Hound and Tyrion, and even Lena Headey probably probably were over him this episode. But for the whole season, I just I really think John. He came into his own here, and, and Kit Harrington. He's, I don't know. From this point it's on, like I'm, I'm, I'm with him. Um, so yeah, I, I and you know, I think he only got yeah, he only got one uh, performance nod from me uh, throughout the season, and that was episode four, Oathkeeper. Um, yeah, he got see. he got two from me. I yeah. got I gave him yeah. one in episode four, and then one in episode nine. So yeah, yeah, and uh, so I think he he'll he'll get a lot more from here on out. That's for sure. Um, but wanted to to recognize that I think this is like the season where he he's starting. He's he's reaching peak Jon Snow, and he's not even close yeah. to the peak yet. Is the thing he still not still got quite. a lot more to go. Yeah, um, dude's a dude's a badass. Uh, my scene is going to be Tyrion's escape, which is kind of mm-hmm. what you remember from season four. Mm-hmm. I think that it's one of the more iconic scenes that it's it's got to offer. Um, oh yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I was going back and forth here. I think it's it's at King's Landing though, that's for sure. I was either going with that, maybe Mountain versus the Viper, mm-hmm. um, possibly, but I think my favorite was was Tyrion's confession, the the trial. Ah, yes. um, and like after Shay comes in and then he just he lets everyone have have a piece of his mind um and, and what he truly thinks. I, I really love how, how he told everyone off there. Um and then I, I like that's what I remember from this season is I demand a trial by combat. Yeah, I and, demand a trial. And that by that combat. end of the episode was oh man, yeah, I just cool. I love yeah, I love that one. So that's what yeah. I had to go with. And my line, I'm going right with Tyrion once again. I'm I'm going with a line I did actually pick with uh I wish I was the monster that you all think I am, because he kinda mm. reaches into the depths and becomes a little bit of a monster at the end of the season. Uh oh yeah. Which oh, yeah. uh I I really I really fuck with that line. I think it's I think it's cold, but uh, yeah, that's my line. And I'm going with an Oberyn line, uh, yep. a line I did pick. Uh, whenever he says, "Tis a big and beautiful world. Most of us live and die in the same corner where we were born, and never get to see any of it." And I don't want to be most of us. Nope, um, you're just gonna die right here in King's Landing. Yeah, he does. You know, part one of his plan um, didn't go as he thought. That's okay. But and, and and the sad thing is the mountain even comes back, um, but dead. You know he did kill he's him. A, he's a zombie from here on in. He did kill know? him, so we'll give it to him. You know, and he's he's That'd killed many before, so his KD is quite high, I'd imagine. Um, 
we have we didn't see who he killed, but I don't know. He's you don't get the he like the, he's killed. You don't get the the title and like you know like oh like everyone knows that he's he's good with the spear and like, yeah, he's the he's viper. Like that, so. Yeah, I don't think you get that title without without killing a couple people. Yeah, you're kind of um, cold. You're kind of cold. But uh, we'll say goodbye to him. Sadly, though. Yeah, it's a damn shame. But with the uh, with the tallies here at the mm. end of season four, with eighty options, two per episode, forty episodes down. Uh, as far as performances are concerned, Peter Dinklage now tops the list at eleven performance nods. Mm. Uh, second place goes to Amelia Clark with ten, and third goes to Lena Headey at nine. Fourth goes to Michelle Fairley at seven. And fifth is a tie between Sean Bean and Kit Harrington at five. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's a stack top five there. Yes, and Sean is. Bean still being there, dead in season one. Um, that's just yep. insane. Still top five. Still top five. Uh, won't be yeah. for long now that Kit Harrington's tied him. You know, mm-hmm. that's uh, Michelle yeah. Fairley though, dead in season three. Still, still yeah. out here at fourth. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and then Kit character knots. This is the more oh, fun man. one, whereas someone who has only appeared in one season leads it. Let's go! Oberyn Martell is the top character. Uh, he's gotten ten character nods, uh, which is an eighth of the character nods, and he's only right. in seven episodes. Um, right. Second is Tyrion with nine character nods. Mm-hmm. Uh, third, we go to Daenerys for seven. Fourth goes to Jon Snow with six. And fifth is once again a tie at five between Rob Stark, Ned Stark, and now the Hound. Okay. Well, I'd say Kit Harrington and or, or characters here, Jon, um, Daenerys, and Tyrion will probably overtake over. They'll uh, probably just keep skyrocketing there. I don't, I don't um, think Oberyn will stay the king for, for too long, but at least he's the king right now. Shocking number through four seasons. Uh, two two main cast members who do not have a character nod. Uh, Jamie Lannister and Sansa Stark. Neither of them have wow. gotten the character okay. nod yet. Sansa, Sansa will get her own. That's for Sansa sure. Sansa will certainly get her own. Yeah. Uh, Jamie probably will as well. Um, but uh, performance wise, I don't think we have any of those standouts anymore. I think everyone's kind of gotten their love at some point now. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to think of any main cast members who haven't gotten one. I think I think they're all there. So Varys yeah. gotten one? Varys has gotten one. Conleth Hill. Okay. Uh, he's gotten one. Jorah. Littlefinger. Theon. Yeah, it's kinda all okay. all there. Nice, nice. Even Okay. Casey Williams, Man. Isaac Hempstead Wright. Yeah. Everyone's got a little bit of love here. And we will end this season. Um, probably not Bran. I guess probably would be the. Has he gotten performance? Um, Bran has gotten performance. Bran has not gotten character. Uh, yeah. Um, but we will end this season with forty-one Hodors total uh, wow. this season. Uh, yeah, we we took it up from last season was twenty-four total, um, and I think now we're at like seventy. 74, I think, a Hodor's lot of Hodor's. total, something like that. That's a lot of Hodor's. Um, uh, and yeah, our predictions Peter. for the door episode, uh, you're at 35, I'm at 44 for the episode. I, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm curious whenever we, it's still yeah, a couple now seasons. That, now that we have a whole season that got 41, which is our best yet, 
him saying Hodor 41 times in a single episode. That's a, yeah, it's a far know. cry, but I uh, I, I'm not going to go ahead and see, like, I'm going to wait until we no, get there. Like, no, I, yeah, gotta, I'm gonna, wait until we get there. We, we have to see how we got a way to go, but, uh, yeah. all right, then, uh, how about, let's see a rating for the season. Mm-hmm. I've got, I got confident numbers, enjoyment and critical. I'm mm-hmm. going 10 enjoyment, nine, seven, five critical. This is the best season of the show. Um, so far. And I know we've probably given something a nine, seven, five before, but I I refrain from giving anything a 10 critically. It's just so mm-hmm. difficult. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know what happened there, uh, but season three, we gave a nine or a nine, five critically uh, for season two. For some reason, it's a zero in there. Maybe I just accidentally deleted it. Yeah. Uh, I think we had reason. this conversation at the end of season three as well. But then season one was given a nine overall and i think yeah this is this is by far i don't far. think there was any chance two was a 975 so let's go ahead and throw this one that that 975 because yeah. like two would probably be maybe probably a 925 nine. or nine yeah. yeah it's either on the same level as season one it just kind of crept crept up every now and yeah. then nine, it was a nine and then a nine five for season season three so maybe i don't know maybe we'll yeah, let's just give it a nine two five and have it work its way up that way um but yeah we've reached we've reached the peak season of thrones and uh from here on out it's just all gas no breaks now yeah Uh, oh yeah but yeah with that we will conclude this episode and this season of winter is blooming Mm. Uh, if you would head to patreon.com slash penny bloom pod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content all sorts of book reviews comic book reviews movie reviews and the like uh, if you would head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast, and Threads at Penny Bloom Podcast. Remember to subscribe on YouTube; uh, that'd be a huge help for us. Um, just cause. Uh, Go get a new subscriber an hour ago. The sixty-four whore. Um, Hell is, yeah! Is, is, Shout thank out to you, the sixty-four whore. <laughs> You're dope. Mm-hmm. You're cool. I don't know anything about you beyond that you subscribe to us. So if you if you mm-hmm. if you got some fucked up shit, then uh, forget I said anything. Um, but uh, yeah, we got a lot going on. It's a lot of fun. Winter is blooming. We'll continue next week uh, with season five premiere, and we are going ahead and kicking off a new little project for our movie coverage this week. Uh, we just concluded Christopher Nolan's director spotlight and the Greta Gerwig last week. Um, and we're taking a little break from the director spotlight, but we're going to keep pushing forward with some movie coverage. And for the next few Wednesdays, uh, we're going to be covering John Wick. We're doing John Wick one through four over the next few Wednesdays. And we're starting with John Wick one this Wednesday. Uh, we are continuing our comic book movie journey through film this Friday with fantastic four. Uh, we just got a lot. We got a lot coming for you, so I'm very excited, mm-hmm. and I uh, hope you are too. Uh, let's see. Yeah, with that, uh, remember to support any uh, any strikers in the SAG after WGA. They deserve mm-hmm. to be paid for their work, as we would not have things like Game of Thrones without them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the shit, and they deserve to be paid for their work. You know, watching watching Game of Thrones on Max, they're not making shit off of that. They're not making shit off of that, which is why I'm watching it on Blu-ray. Uh, so, uh, yeah, be, be sure to support. Be sure to support the workers, uh, support the unions. Uh, but yeah, 
I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Well, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And I am your son. I have always been your son.